Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amobio Kugo, back with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be discussing topics from around the soccer world and giving you our unfiltered thoughts and opinions. This week, we're joined by a professional baller and music producer, all-time hustler, my guy, my cousin, my family, Chim Dumez. Uh, we'll be discussing Chim's soccer journey, uh, MLS prepping for a work stoppage, possibly, Nike's recent Air Max kit drops, and more. Chim, Chim, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I appreciate y'all for having me. Nah, so catch us up, man. What's been going on? How's the offseason been treating you? Um, obviously, we've been playing pickup in the offseason together, but, like, what's, what's, what's popping? Man, as you know, man, like, <clears throat> these are difficult times for everybody, just not really knowing, you know, when the next season's going to happen for us and whatnot. So, you know, just making sure I'm staying prepared, but at the same time doing what I do on the hustling side when it comes to my beats and any other endeavors that, you know, that I have interest in. But besides that, man, I can't really complain, man. I'm just staying ready for the upcoming opportunity. No, I respect that. And that's what I, I love about you. you. You know, you always stay ready in whatever things that you uh, you accomplish in your career. So let's take it back. Let's backtrack. A question we always ask every guest of the show. When did you fall in love with soccer? Man, you know what? I want to say growing up, bro, I really wasn't in love with it, man. As you know, I, like, I, I had hoop dreams first. I always felt that, you know, just growing up in a Nigerian household, I feel like my dad was like pressuring me like, yo, you got to play soccer, you got to play soccer. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to hoop, man. But, um, you know, I'm trying to play AAU. I'm trying to do all that. Then I want to say when I was 13, the year prior to that, I took a break from playing soccer and was just playing AAU. Then I got back into playing club ball, playing competitive. I just remember just being the worst kid on the team like that year. Just, you know, you know, a lot of these guys had a lot of experience playing club ball, ODP and whatnot. But you know me, man, like I don't really trip off all that. I just continue to work at it. I started falling in love with it. But I want to say it wasn't until like my junior year of high school where I was like, yo, I could see myself like actually going pro if I, you know, stay down with it. Yeah. So talk about that because you talked about hoop dreams. And obviously when we grew up playing soccer, it wasn't really – like on the scene. So like, did you have any black coaches growing up? Like, like, did you have a favorite team growing up um, compared to basketball or, you know, you watch basketball all the time. Your friends play basketball, you know, it's yeah. different. It was different, man. Just because I felt like, you know, I wasn't proud to even be playing soccer at that time. You know, I just wanted to play basketball. I wanted to play football with all the homies. None of the homies that I had was playing soccer. For the mm -hmm. most part, when I went to soccer, it was mostly white kids and some Mexicans. And I was usually one of two or three black kids while my basketball team were all black. And there may be like one Asian kid and maybe one white kid who shoot the ball. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it was different. I didn't, I want to say I had like some assistant black coaches, uh -huh. um, you know, and we always gravitated towards them just because they could relate a lot more than everybody else. So I always felt like I, I never really, like, you know, I get along with everybody, but at the same time, I felt like I didn't necessarily fit in in the typical soccer environment. Yeah, so, like, when you were growing up, like, when you first got back into club ball, like, was there any forwards that you watched, like, all right, I need to emulate my game after them, or was it just like, you know, I'm playing soccer and I'm just going to have to learn on my own because it's not available to us? You know what, man? Like, before that, I didn't, because I didn't pay attention to any anything besides, like, you know, like, I, I would see, like, maybe a, like the Nigerian national team played during, you know, like during those types of games. But I had no idea about like the EPL, all of that until I was 13 and learning from like FIFA, learning from other teammates. Um, and, you know, that's when I started to like actually develop my own interest in soccer as well when I started seeing that. And I want to say YouTube recently came out and I remember the Mexican homies across the street. Um, I'd never seen YouTube before, so I was blown away. I was like, yo, how are you watching all these videos? Yeah. They have played like Terry Henry highlights. I was like, who's this? <laughs> you know what I mean? I was seeing the Terry Henry highlights. I started seeing all the Ronaldinho highlights, and that's when I was like, damn, like, yo, soccer different. Like, I, like it's more than, you know, I, I didn't know anything before that. Yeah, and that's that's what it's all about. You know, these young kids now, they, they're able to be exposed to, you know, top talent, top level, you know, yeah. the global game. So I feel like that alone has helped with the development. And just shout out to FIFA too, because – FIFA has done a lot when it comes to, you know, helping us learn about soccer 
um, you know, not only from a culture standpoint, but like players around the world and, you know, formations and different things. So as more exposure comes, you know, we will be better for it. So from the standpoint of like forwards that you like, you obviously Henri, uh, who yeah. else? Didier Drogba, Romelu Lukaku. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Suarez. Um, are we talking all the way? Into, we talking current day or what are we saying? In general. Oh, it's a lot of time. Yeah. You know, I just, I like the big bodies, man. The people that I can learn from and try to emulate my game after, you know? Yeah, and for context, Chen, you like 6'4", 6'3"? 6'5". 6'5". You gotta throw that inch on there, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so 6'5", and for context. I can see why you had them hoop dreams. Yeah, so he yeah. had the hoop dreams, and he was like, for real, yeah. for real. So it's not like he's like six foot, claiming he's 6'3". He was like, he's like really like that. So yeah, uh, he is a big body. Uh, I hate guarding, or guarding him, always trying to shield the ball, but we do what we can. So. Talk about that. You know, you come in, you know, 13 years old, back in the club level. So people have a head start. Uh, you had a unique road to, you know, your professional career. So take us from 13 to, like, where you are now. Man, I want to say, you know, 13, let's see, 13, going on 14, I want to say I was, you know, getting ready to go to high school. My high school was stupid weak, so I, was, I wasn't even trying to play soccer there. I was just trying to play club ball. You know, a lot of the homies actually like persuaded me to, you know, try and mess with them on the football team. And that's what I was trying to do. And I remember my soccer coaches for club were like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you not trying to play uh, high school soccer? You know, they eventually persuaded me. Regardless of the team being weak, I still had a great time. And I mean, throughout that entire time, I balanced soccer and basketball the whole way through. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say, you know, my junior season, we play Jesuit in the playoffs. She was at that game. Oh yeah, I was watching, right? Yeah, and I remember, you remember, I'm, I, that's when I hear about like Adam John and yeah. Adam's doing his thing, you know what I mean? Like Gatorade player, he's, he's over here being watched and all that other stuff. Um, you know, well, he's Adam, Adam John from, he can play Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, so, right. yeah, for context, yeah. So Sacramento has a hot bed of talent. You know, me and Adam grew up together. We played on the same club team. Adam currently plays for uh, Atlanta United. Uh, he, he went to Jesuit, the school that Chittenden is uh, talking about right now. Yeah, okay. that's yeah, crazy. So we're playing them in the playoffs. Our team ends up, we end up getting smacked 4 0, end up losing in the quarters. But I felt like I showed well. I played well against, you know, a whole bunch of these guys who, you know, who are getting scouted by top colleges. And it's not putting anything against those guys, you know, they're killing. But I felt like I was holding my own against like quality players. Yeah. And at that point is when I decided, like, yo, man, I could, you know, I can, I can see myself playing college soccer. Why not? Um, so from that point on, I wasn't heavily recruited at all. You know what I mean? I had a couple looks, wasn't offered any scholarships. Um, I want to say USF was taking a look at me. They're trying to tax like 50 bands a year, no scholarship, dead. I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm going to all these camps and whatnot. I ended up going to like the Stanford camp. And I remember there's a whole bunch of coaches there. I didn't show my best. I remember the coach that was like taking care of my team. He ended up saying, you know, you could probably play D3, maybe D2 or something if you continue working. Um, I didn't really accept that. I just continued going to more and more camps, whether like to local colleges all over the place. Nothing really ended up tuning out. And in the same time, I'm playing during a basketball season. Um, I ended up having a good basketball season. I ended up getting, you know, some opportunities for college basketball as well. Um, but I want to say my last camp that I went to was the Sacramento State camp, which is like my local school. End up showing well enough for him to bring me in a preseason camp. Um, at that point, I, you know, I had to make a decision whether I was going to do this basketball thing or whether I was going to do soccer. In my mind, I said, uh, you know, the feeling of scoring a goal feels better than dunking a basketball. So that's just really? my decision right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and why is, why is that? Soccer, because scoring goals harder? Scoring a goal is harder, man. Like, you know, basketball, you have it's an endless game. Like, you have runs, you're going to get a lot of opportunities, but in soccer, man, you can play that full 90 minutes and get one chance. You put that goal away, man, you're the hero. You know what yeah. I mean? And there's no better feeling than that. Um, true. I want to say what happened after that. As soon as, uh, you know, the coach of Sac State said, yo, you're going to be invited to preseason camp, I didn't take it as a tryout. That's when, in my head, I was like, I'm on the team. Like, like uh, you know, obviously I have to work for it, but at the same time, I was like, yo, I'm in. 
Um, I get in the preseason camp. I'm more than prepared. I show well, and they end up saying they're going to bring me on. And in my head, I had no idea I could even been cut. In my head, I already told myself I was on, on the team. So, you know, that was cool that that, was, that ended up happening. Um, from there, I want to say, you know, I play a lot as a true freshman. We end up winning the conference, uh, the conference game or the conference championship. We end up going to the NCAA tourney and end up losing to UCLA in the second round, beat Santa Clara in the first round. Um, the following season, you know, I think I have a guaranteed spot. Um, and I want to say what happened there. I want to say I wasn't putting as much attention as I should have been. I wasn't getting as prepared as I was the season prior because I was over here trying to make money from all the side hustles that I was trying to do, whether it was uh, working at Nike, working at Abercrombie & Fitch, uh, cutting hair, selling cut coat knives, doing everything, working soccer camps. I'm doing all this, which is taking time away from the training I'm supposed to be doing. Next thing you know, we're in preseason camp. Um, we're supposed to play Stanford like the following day, I get cut on the last day when I think I got a guaranteed spot. And I'm like, what? You know what I'm saying? I couldn't even believe it. You know what I'm saying? Devastated, breaking shit over here, <laughs> punching <laughs> off, punching out everything. And oh man, I wanted to cut the coach's tires, all of that. But it was, you know, it was my friend's dad. So, so I wasn't going to do nothing crazy, but you know, that was just, that was on my mind. Um, but you know, like, I feel like that moment is kind of really what, you know, set me up in a, gave me a chip on my shoulder attitude. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I can, I knew I wasn't going to quit. You know what I mean? He said he was going to bring me on in the spring. It counted as a redshirt year and I came into college at 17 anyway. So, you know, I didn't really, I was just like, you know, I just took, I just made sure I stayed prepared from that moment on. You know, fast forward through my college career, I ended up coming back on in the spring, ended up earning a spot, ended up earning a scholarship my last two years, then eventually get drafted to the earthquakes in 2015 in the third round. Um, keep on going from there. Yeah, we can go. Yeah. You, got, you, got a, you got an extensive career. You don't sell it short. Nah, nah, facts, facts. So, uh, you know, I'm in the, you know, I make that happen out of nothing. I'm like, damn, I really, you know, I really made it. Uh, I want to say my freshman year, there was two players that who were drafted and that's what opened my eyes to, you know, you know, getting the chance to become a pro because I found out, you know, I could get drafted from Sac State. Regardless of where I was at that moment, I knew if I continued working, you know, maybe I could create the opportunity for myself. Um, you know, I ended up going through preseason camp, ended up getting released in about three weeks, end up uh, going on trial with Charlotte Impact and USL. They end up cutting me and taking somebody else. So I end up playing in the PDL with kids at Pumas in the Seattle area, end up playing with them for a season. Um, you know, I expected to show out and do all that just because I got drafted and did all that. But, you know, I, I didn't get too much playing time. Um, but regardless of that, I was always a team player, always making sure that, you know, I, I never, I ain't the type of dude to really have an attitude, man. Everybody get along with me pretty easy. Um, so from there, you know, I'm trying to play with kids after the following season. I didn't produce like I should have, so they ended up not signing me. At that moment, I had to go down into the NPSL and play with Sac Gold, um, the local team in Sacramento, which, you know, I wasn't too happy with. But, you know, it was the opportunity that, you know, presented itself at that time. So I ended up doing that. At the end of that season, I just wasn't too happy with the situation that I was in. So I reached out to a friend of mine named uh, Ramon Martin Del Campo, who he was playing with UC Davis, the rival school of Sacramento State, and ended up uh, signing with some priests out in Costa Rica during that time. Then he, uh, what did he do? He had connected me with an agent who, you know, I ended up reaching out to and say, yo, man, there's a division, there's an opportunity in second division in Costa Rica if you want to take it. You just got to be out here in 10 days. And at that moment, I was like, all right, man, if I don't take this, I felt like that was my, that was me calling it quits on my career. You know what I mean? So I said, all right, man, I'm a dip. Um, did what I had to do, got out there. Um, you know, the first six months I'm training cause I came out through the window. So I just stay out there. I had a whole bunch of bread saved up from all the hustling endeavors that I had. So I wasn't tripping off of getting paid at all. I was like, uh, I want to say six months later, I ended up signing that contract, um, with Eskazu in the second division out there. What happened after that? Oh. You balled out, then you end up getting into this first division. Right? You said what? I so said you balled out, and then you end up signing for the new team, and then oh, not yet, man. Oh, 
Yeah, not even not even that yet, man. I want to say after I signed that contract, like immigration was dealing with immigration was tough, man. It took them six months to clear my permit, so I missed an entire year basically. End up, you know, like they keep me for the next year. I end up doing my thing on that team. End up moving to another second division team. Um, the second division team that I moved to. Um, my agent and the owner of that team ended up having some problems and he started, you know, kind of using me as collateral in that. So I ended up having to miss 14 games of that season. Um, I played the last four, but I ended up showing out and, you know, another agent who, uh, you know, I ended up connecting with another agent who brought me to the team that he owned. I ended up doing my thing over there. From there, I end up, uh, I want to say, my fault, I'm kind of all over the place a little bit. No, you good. Um, let's see. So the first division team that I eventually ended up signing with, we played them in the preseason and I showed out. Um, so at the end of the season, when I have my end of the year meeting with the agent, he's uh, I, like, he didn't tell me anything. I, I literally asked him like, yo, can, uh, remember that first division team that you were telling me about that had interest? Like, can I train with them and prepare for the upcoming season with them? He's like, yeah, man, I don't see why not. He sends me out there. I think that their all their foreigner spots are full. I end up killing. I end up killing. I'm like, yo, I can play. I can play here. Like, you know what I mean? I end up killing and, you know, I get interest from that team and they end up signing me right there. That's amazing. That's, yeah. And yeah, you guys were able to play the likes of Saprisa, you know, some big teams in the Costa Rica first division that, you know, do well in CONCACAF Champions League. Exactly. Um, I want if anyone's listening, I want people to definitely take it, you know, you know, heed to what you said, because everyone thinks the soccer journey is easy. You know, you mentioned, you know, starting late, you know, not even getting a scholarship right off the bat, getting cut, bouncing back, um, you know, playing uh, PDL from MPSL to Costa Rica. Um, that's what it takes. And, you know, you have to take advantage of your opportunities. So for any young kids that are listening yeah, I'm going to go pro. I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to play Champions League. That that may happen. Um, or you may play, play in Costa Rica or you may play in MLS. There's so many ways to ultimately make it pro. And you just got to make sure that you're ready to do the work. So in yep. terms of doing the work, talk about that, like training on your own. How are you coming up with training sessions on your own? How come? How, how are you staying disciplined? How are you staying motivated? Man, I want to say... Man, we, we got resources nowadays, man. It's not like how it was back in the day. We have YouTube, we have Instagram with, you know, X pros showing, you know, all their drills and whatnot. So I save all those to my highlights or whatever it's called at Instagram. I'd save all of them. And I'd even go to the field with you. I'd go to the field with some of the other homies and we'd just be knocking out some of these drills, doing our, adding our own little twist to them. Um, I remember being in Costa Rica, we didn't have the luxury of, you know, all these open turf fields that we have in the States. You know what I mean? If, if you see a turf, if you see an open field in Costa Rica, then there's something wrong. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> everybody's trying to hop on that, man. So, you know, that's at the point when I started realizing I don't need all that to get better. I can go outside of my, outside of my crib, lay out some cones and do a whole bunch of work out there. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, all you really need is a ball and some cones, maybe a, a wall or something that you could pass off of. And you could get creative and come up with some cool stuff to make sure that you're staying where you need to be. No, that's facts. And I tell this to the parents all the time. Like the first order of business is you, you don't have to get a trainer for your kid. Uh, just give them a ball and some cones and make them go outside. They're, they're, if they really want it, they're going to find a way to be creative and find ways to you know improve on their skills. Once they show that, once they show that level of motivation and discipline, all right, then you go get some skills trainers and you know a trainer to help them you know enhance their skill set. Um, but first it comes from within. And I really love what you said, you know, when the coach at the Stanford camp was like, uh, you probably can play division three, division two. You were like, nah, that's not the case. Um, when the coach said, you know, we're going to cut you, you're like, all right, I'm going to bounce back. So sometimes the coach may use it as motivation. Sometimes a coach may not see the value of you as a player, but that doesn't mean you're not a good player. So, um, let that be a lesson to anyone that's listening for sure, for sure. And at the same time, man, like we're spoiled in the States. You know what I mean? Like I saw, I saw like what some of these people had to go through to even get an opportunity in Costa Rica to even get a chance to try out for a second division team or, you know, to, it's crazy. You know what I mean? We have access to so, so much out here 
So the fact that those players can ball with a lot less than what we have, it's like we don't need all the extra shit that we be dealing with out here. You know what I mean? Uh, that, and talk about that. Talk about, you know, the adjustment of playing in a new country. You know, you speak Spanish fluently now, uh, but it wasn't always like that. Talk about, you know, for anyone that's like looking to play overseas or looking to play in a new environment, what that transition is like. You know, it, it was difficult at first, but I was lucky enough to have a teammate who spoke English. So he translated everything for me at first. But, you know, it used to be rough when uh, we'd have to watch movies with the team or something and they purposely not put on subtitles. You know what I mean? I'm just laying there like, yo, like, I'm over here. I'm over here like, yo, give me some stuff. Like, I'm telling, I'm, I have to tell him, like, yo, subtitles or whatever, put them on. Like, I don't understand anything in this movie. But, um, you know, at the same time, just always having to be close to him. Like, I, I don't like having to rely on anybody. Like, yeah, that's right. Like, he, he don't rely on nobody. Respect. Yep. It's, it's not that I don't. It just, I don't, you know, if I can learn, like, I took the time. I'm a social person, man. So I didn't like having to be a mute. I wanted to be able to, you know, joke with the guys and converse with other people. So, you know, I took the time and I found like a little, uh, I mean, at first I got Duolingo. You know, it didn't help me as much as I feel like it helped some other people, but I ended up finding another like interactive course called Rocket Languages. Um, I want to say I did like the free trial for the first like five episodes. Um, those like those first five classes helped me like set up a little foundation. And I was like, yo, like I'm learning Spanish for real. Let me just cop it. Um, you know, obviously. Hello. You I had to write that down. Oh yeah, rocket languages, bro. It goes, it goes stupid. <laughs> but um, I want to say, uh, yeah, like it, it helped me just get the foundation and as everything that I learned from that class, it was an interactive little course too. So, you know, I'd be talking to it and it'd be responding to me. I'd be having conversations with it, doing the flashcards, and everything that I was learning, I just apply it and use it in like what I was doing every, you know, every day, what I was ordering food, what I was going out, what I was with my teammates, and I just apply everything I was learning from there. Um, and yeah, eventually, you know, I started realizing, like, oh, I can speak Spanish now. Yeah. So funny story. So both our younger brothers playing in the same club team, uh, played, played on the same club team growing up. So we, we're all back. It's off season now. We're watching them play, uh, like in a state final or some, some club tournament. They're in the final and, uh, it's an intense game. So our, our younger brothers, they play at a high level, um, or they were playing at a high level competitively. And it's a tense game. And the ref was just having a shocker. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Chimdom just starts cussing out the ref in Spanish. And the whole sideline turns around like, yo, what? What do you know how to speak Spanish like? <laughs> man, I had to put it to use, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if, that's, if I were to recommend someone, you know, moving across countries or to a new league, First order of business is learning new language. You gain all the respect from your teammates. Uh, you're able to understand the culture a little bit better, or a lot better actually, and you're more comfortable. And the, and the more comfortable you are, the better you play. So, Chim, uh, kudos to you. You know, yeah. learning language. And for the athletes, and when it comes to uh, post career, the fact that you have a new language, if you want to get into coaching or whatever, that's an added benefit. So. Definitely take that. Rocket Languages and Duolingo, two two options. Yep. Okay. So let's let's talk about let's bring it back. Let's talk about these hustles that you got <laughs> um, from Chim Chim Cuts. Um, what else you got? You you was doing uh, Herbalife at one point. Vector Marketing. I was doing everything, man. Yeah. <laughs> so one point I want to make out is uh, you know you mentioned it earlier. You know you were focused on you know trying to make money um, and it kind of affected your career. Uh, something that LeBron said, I always take it to heart and I always tell athletes, like, first and foremost, you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. If you're a soccer player, make sure you're performing on the field. If you're a basketball player, make sure you do that. And then, you know, once you establish yourself, always make sure your performance is high. Then, you know, try to figure out different ways um, to establish yourself in other arenas. Um, so talk about that, you know, learning the hard way, but also, you know, get into some of the hustles that you was doing. Hosting some parties, party promoter, you was doing everything. <laughs> Everything, man. I want to say probably the first hustle that I remember, man, is probably just in high school, um, selling candy, man. Going to Costco, buying a box for $10, 30 candies, you get $20 off the box. So you're making $20 profit off of that one that one box of candy. 
I remember it got to a point, I felt like we was killing to the point where they made it illegal to sell candy. So we started, we started, we started treating it like it was drug dealing, going to the lockers, like, oh, here's the Snickers, here's, here's the all this other kind of stuff. People getting suspended for selling candy. We doing it on the low. Just, it used to be hilarious, man. We really turned it into the little scene for that. Um, on top of that, man, I want to say after junior prom, I want to say uh, my barber was busy. So I had to hit up one of the homies to come cut my hair. Um, I ended up going to the homie's house where he's cutting like 10 heads, getting everybody ready. You know, he gave me a quick lineup, $10 right there. Um, I'm like, hold on, bro. You just bam, 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 10 minutes. And you just got $10 for me. And you know, high school, $10, that's yeah. how you You know what I mean? Um, for a whole week. I'm saying, so as soon as that happened, I remember uh, I asked my pops, like, cause I don't think I had any bread anyway. I asked him, can we go to Sally's and just get me a little peanut clipper? Um, and yeah, I would just watch YouTube. I'd fuck up my little brother's hair, you know, practicing on him. <laughs> fuck up some of my other cousin's hair. <laughs> it used to be hot, man, but eventually I got nice with it. Um, as soon as I got nice, I ended up, you know, I, I got into Photoshop in high school too. So I created a flyer for myself, Cuts by Chim. I a couple of different uh, flyers just all around campus and on my Facebook and stuff. Then, you know, word of mouth spreads, like, oh, Chim got bars. Let me let me do that. Let me do that. So I ended up cutting. I started cutting my junior year, ended up taking that with me through college. And that was a good side hustle. I'd leave my dorm room open while I'm cutting hair. I had the barber chair and everything in the dorm room. Then people, uh, you know, as they're walking past, they'd stop and like, oh, you cut hair? So I ended up cutting a bunch of the athletes, you know, word of mouth spreads, and it just go all over the place. You know what I mean? Um, I want to say before that, I got into Cutco, like selling the knives, like $600. Where are you selling them at? You know what, man? I used to, I used to flip those knives like crazy. I would be selling $600 sets of knives, $900 sets of knives, and just start off with referrals. You know what I mean? I'd start off with like the homie's mom and I'd do a good job and she ended up copping some knives and they you'd usually get like three names after that. Literally cold call them like, yo, Mr. So-and-so gave me your number. I'd love to show you a demo. And you know, they had like these scissors that cut through pennies and like I used to, I, I believed in the knives, man. So I was like, yo, I'm a celebrity. Nah, respect. You got it. <laughs> Gotta gotta hustle, and you've you've applied that to your sports career, and obviously you've applied the skills from your sports to you know your hustles. So mm -hmm. talk about it was I don't, I wouldn't even call it a hustle. I'd call it a business adventure. You know things that you're you know you're very good at. Your music producing uh, stuff, like how how did that come about? Uh, man, I was in the it was in college. The homie uh, his rap name was Kid Swag at the time, and he was creating like a nice buzz in you know Sacramento and L.A. as well. He had invited me to the studio. Um, it was like me, him, one of the other homies who was a DJ on campus. Um, one of the homegirls, his mom was there. And the producer that, you know, we was at his house at. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of just got to see organically music being created from scratch. I saw the producer come and bring in the beat machine. He just starts going crazy. I'm like, oh my goodness, this goes stupid. Then, um, then, you know, I see the homie bring out his phone. He's like freestyling, coming up with melodies. Everybody in the room just vibing, having a good time. And I didn't even realize we're there like all day. You know what I mean? I was there damn near two days, just all day, go back home, went right back the next day. And I'm watching him create songs like this from scratch. And I saw the buzz that he was creating, you know, from our freshman year to where we was then. And, you know, at that point, I was like, yo, man, I could see myself doing this. Like, and this is something that I felt felt could go hand in hand with soccer because it's not really taking away my time from it. It's yeah. something I could do in my downtime. But, you know, that was just a thought at that time. It wasn't until my first pro season and just playing with kids at that I realized like, yo, I got a lot of extra time on my hands and I don't right. watch Entourage twice. I remember <laughs> I started Power and uh, The Soprano. I remember I was just watching hella shows and we'd just be doing that all day. So I was like, yo, uh, you know, this is the perfect time. Let me go cop this keyboard. I remember just watch, I'd be watching YouTube videos too, like Metro Boomin and all these other people. I remember Metro made like some joke, like he had made a beat like in 15 minutes. He's like, I'm gonna send that to Future. That's a hundred thousand right there. I was like, a hundred thousand. I was like, and it was a hard beat. And you know, it was a typical beat that he was gonna do. And I was like, all right, bro, I'm playing. But the funny thing, I remember as soon as I got it, I thought that, uh, I remember I was like, all right, man, I'm gonna, you know, 
hit a couple of these drums real quick. Now I'm gonna make a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> nah, bro. It was like learning the language. Yeah. Ain't no then you know, I just I got I just dove in, man. I you know, like I put it down every now and then it stressed me out, but as soon as I learned something new, I'd be like, oh wow, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's getting a little better, even though everything I'm making is trash. I'm showing it to like friends, family, some of the homies in Snapchat. You I know you got a few of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I plan for my mom. She oh, this is cool. It was trash, you know what I mean? But uh, you know, at the same time, like I saw the journey, I just saw myself getting a little bit better every time. And like for the first two years, nobody even knew what I was doing. I was just on YouTube, going down the rabbit hole, learning, learning the software, learning everything from music theory and all that. And you know, here we are today. Uh YouTube University is really real. I'm saying, bro. With everything. Yeah, with everything too. If you if you want to learn something, there's resources for you, whether it's YouTube, Google, library, whatever, uh, mentors. Talk about the level of consistency that you've shown, because obviously I remember when you were first making beats and I was like, man, this one don't sit still. He's always doing something. But to now, you know, you're on, uh, you know, people are buying your beats, you're on BeatStars. Uh, you've done a hundred and how many weeks? 60 weeks? Yeah, it's uh, about 167 tomorrow. Yeah, so for context, Chimchilla Beats, that's his rapper, uh, sorry, not his producer name. Um, every Friday, uh, Chimchilla Fridays, you have a beat that you yeah. post. Um, so 167 weeks, talk about that level of consistency. Um, and and if you want to tie it back into soccer, like, you know, obviously you're younger, your touch wasn't nice, but you continue to work on it over time. You're starting music, your beats wasn't nice, but you continue to work over time. So talk about that. That's you built out this stuff. Let me take it back just a little bit with, um, so yeah, for those of y'all who don't know, I got a campaign called Keep Your Chin Up Fridays. You know, this will play off of my name, um, you know, to keep your chin up. Um, I started 167 weeks ago where I post a new beat every single Friday. And I remember at first I was just doing it just so I can, you know, learn how to mix and master my own beats. Because I remember I thought I had to go to somebody else to do it. But I remember I was in Costa Rica at the time and bro was like, uh, he said, oh, if you want your beat, like mixed real quick, uh, just pay me 250. I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> like, no, I was like, there's no way I'm a, you know, ask this dude to master my beat for 250 every single time. You know what I mean? So I never did it in the first place. Not saying don't invest in that, but I was like, all right, you know what, man, I'm gonna just take advantage of this and turn it into a journey so people could watch me grow because I know that as long as I stay consistent, I am gonna get better. And I felt like that was the story with everything in my life from whether it was cutting hair, whether it was soccer, anything that I would put my mind to and, you know, set up a little system to where I can just get a little bit better each day. I eventually separate myself from the pack in some type of way. You know what I mean? That's fact. Um, so, yeah, I guess like, you know, from athletics and, you know, playing sports my entire life, you know, we're very practical people. We know if we do something a certain amount of times, we're eventually going to get good at it. And I think it's that simple when it comes to anything. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like a lot of people are really worried about that end product when they haven't even started yet. You know right. what I mean? Only way to get good at something is just give it the time. And, you know, we have, like I said, we have the resources. We have YouTube. As soon as you start watching a couple YouTube videos, your recommended pages are going to change. And you're going to start going down the rabbit hole and learning from new people. You're going to start learning from other people who have experience and you never know where it's going to take you. No, that's facts. It's like a uh, Malcolm Gladwell says, you know, you got to put your 10,000 hours in you know, exactly. to, to perfect something. So um, when it comes to your beats, um, obviously you take inspiration from others. Top five beats of all time. Oh, that's tough, man. Your personal list. Your personal list. Um, top five beats of all time. Yeah, bro, you just gonna put me on the spot like that? <laughs> uh, I, I'll switch it up. Top five people you want to make a beat for. Okay. Drake. Let's <laughs> do, <laughs> <laughs> man. Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle, man. Um, Rick Ross. Uh, for an R&B artist. I want to work with Ari Lennox. I think she goes right, She go Ari, crazy. Ari Lennox goes so crazy, man. Um. And let's see, let's see who else, who else? 
And I'm gonna get one with Larry June, man. I'm not gonna put him in the top five, but I'm gonna I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna get that. I could already feel it. I ask you if you got one off on him. <clears throat> not yet, man. He's responding to a couple beats though, man. But I'm gonna get one with him soon. Uh, that's de- that's definitely happened 2021. Yeah, All right, yeah. it's coming, man. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, man. I just wanna do soccer and music together. You know what I mean? Like my dream wasn't just doing one or the other. I wanted like my dream situation was like, for example, playing for the Galaxy after the game. I'm over there cooking up beats with Future. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Lie, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was thinking about that. I wanna, I wanted to play off of each other. No, that would be a vibe. And I, for anyone that's you know, um, you know, listening to this podcast, you can do both. You know, obviously, you gotta have systems to it um, and prioritize accordingly, but. You can follow your passions and succeed in whatever you do. So, um, Chim is a perfect example of that. Um, and yeah, we're excited for you. Uh, I know Chinchilla Beats. I'll be getting the beats early. I get early early release, so I'm always hyped up. I'm like, yo, when is this coming early, out? You need it. Early beat packs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be for sure supporting that. Um, I want to take it back for a soccer question. If you were to fix, you know, obviously your development was different um, from. You know, everyone else's. If you were to fix something about growing up in the states from a soccer development perspective, what would you tell young kids to focus on? What would you try to fix? Technique is everything. I I think that's the most important thing to getting the foundation right. And I felt like I didn't learn that until way later, because I felt like for myself being big, I felt like a lot of coaches like you know use that. You know, I've always been able to use that, but you know, when it came to certain situations, I felt like. In the beginning of my career, I felt like everything was up to like chance. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't guaranteed to trap that ball and be clean. I, like I'd be kind of nervous. You know what I mean? When that ball is coming into me, and I have a couple people swarming on me, I'm like, oh, how's my touch gonna be this time? You know what I mean? Versus getting those reps in, getting as many reps as I could early, because I feel like I was focusing too much on my strength to the point where, you know, some of my weaknesses were really showing. Yeah. You know I mean? So technique is everything. That's cool. That's good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. You got to yeah. have technique right um, because that that solves so many problems on the soccer field. Exactly. Yeah. So, L, what you got? I got I got one quick question before we jump into two truths and the cat. So, I know two of y'all play pickup together. Who eating who? Oh, I'll be dark, man. You can't guard me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hey, worry, the tape is coming out soon. Tape oh, you said. Is- I don't even have to answer that. That's just personal videographer. So what you think of what we're gonna do? <laughs> no, no, come on, man. You know me. I don't. I, I don't hide from nobody. I show. I show everything. And I never stole me just uh, just moving up play real quick, turning and putting that goal. On. <laughs> nah, nah, no chance. Y'all see. Y'all see soon. All right. Obi highlight tape. <laughs> nah, not even. The real talk. Tim is a great uh, target forward. He's always a tough ma- match. Uh, you know, you gotta. As a as a defender, you got to find your ways to the dark arts. You know, find make it up to the forward, and that's what I do. So he's like the little cousin, little bro. So I always had to give him a hard time. Uh, but it's not it's a, it's high level in Sacramento pickup soccer. We got we got a lot of good guys, high level college players, high level professional players, and high level players that just are playing for like the the local men's league team out here. So if you're in the NorCal area, hit us up. We set it up. So. Yeah. All right, for sure. So let's jump into two truths in the cap, play this quick little game here. So, Tim, you're going to tell us three facts about yourself. Yep. Two will be true, one will be a lie. And Amobi and I got to guess what the lie is. Um, okay. I think I'm up still in our... Uh, <laughs> we kept track last week. You did 3-1. I'm going to come back, though. For sure. Um, right, let's see. Um... I used to be in band and play the clarinet. I used to, um, no, nah, I used to. I'm a really good swimmer and um, let's see. And what else I got, what else I got? And I love peanut butter. No, 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 that ain't it. <laughs> Oh, oh. Um, you love mayonnaise? 
<laughs> I can't even lie about that, bro. The man ain't can't mess with that. Um, I'm trying to bait him a movie so you can win. And I've been, and I've had a plant-based diet before. Strictly plant-based. I'm gonna go with swimming. I think that's cap. Nah, because he lives on the beach in Costa Rica. You guys just always. Uh, I'm going clarinet just for cap. You played another. You played another instrument. Nah, bro. I tried to play the clarinet. I really tried to. <laughs> Don't know. It was hella long ago. Like when I was like in the fourth grade, bro. I can't swim at all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be like stereotypical, so I was like, let me not answer that. Nah, oh, shit, I, really I can't swim either. either. Like so, it's a it's. It's a <laughs> chance that he probably can't swim, you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> so I can move, bro, but as soon as I'm tired, I'm sinking. Then I got to jump back up when my feet hit the bottom. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, because I was like, I knew he went plant based because your sister is on, on the hype. So, um, <laughs> all right, yeah, that's good. Damn, four and one. I got to come back. I'm going to have to. Yeah. Man, I finally found something I'm good at, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's jump into these topics. So, um, yeah. Recently, MLS um, sent out a memo advising teams and staff to prepare for a work stoppage. So according to ESPN's Jeff Carlisle, the memo sent by MLS president and deputy commissioner Mark Abbott comes ahead of a January 29th deadline to negotiate a revised collective bargaining agreement between MLS and MLSPA. So if the league follows through with this with its threat to lock players out, it will be the first work stoppage in MLS history. So we touched on this topic last week. Um, Amobi, you have some things to say about the players. Make, make sure to tell them the whole fast. Um, so in the event of a work stoppage, some players could be caught in a sticky situation with no income, um, no income streams coming in. So what advice would y'all give them um, in terms of, you know, diversifying, you know, yourself off the field so that you're not caught in these situations? You want to go first, Amobi? No, Tim, you go first. Okay. You do a good job of it, and then I'll touch on it. Well, I mean, I feel like, uh, like, I feel like if you're a pro athlete, you need to take advantage of your name and of the brand that you can create. You know what I mean? Whether it's, you know, being a face in the city, using social media to your advantage. But I mean, even if you didn't do that, because you know, a lot of people don't really like their face in the camera anyway. Some guys just want to play soccer and dip. I feel like just you being a professional athlete alone and going through a work stoppage the best thing that you could probably do from that point is, you know, personal training, personal training. There's all, what, what some of these online, um, what's that, what's that one online one that you was talking about, Amobi? Uh, you got coach, coach tube, you got coach list, um, different platforms like that. You can even use zoom to even like set up trainings virtually. There's exactly. Whether you're going on YouTube and doing all that kind of stuff, whether you're just posting videos of yourself, on your Instagram story, I guarantee there's a bunch of kids, um, a bunch of parents who are watching you regardless of that and are gonna reach out to you and ask if you could train their kid. I feel like that's something that's easily gonna put bread in your pockets. If you didn't already set up that, you know, that foundation, just because you already made it to a pro. Um, we know the percentages of becoming a pro are very slim. So, you know, a lot of parents and a lot of youth players are gonna take advantage of that or do wanna take advantage of that. No, nah, to, to reiterate what Chim said, you know, start start with stuff that you're already good at. So as a professional athlete, you're in a, in a high percentage or low percentage of people aren't professional athletes. So use that to your advantage. You've made it to an elite level. So whether it's, you know, personal training, you know, personal mentorship, you know, uh, uh, coaching, um, whether it's on the field, off the field of how what it takes to make it to the pro level. Um, that's one way to start. And it doesn't have to be a lot of money, but enough to put, you know, food on the table or enough to pay for like one bill or another bill. Uh, from there, you can build out and make digital courses. Uh, you know, I'm going to start, I'll go on a whole tangent about this, obviously, with the Fugu Athlete, but um, you know, build out digital courses, uh, you know, keynote speaking opportunities, speaking engagements, workshops, all that. And then from there, um, you know, as a professional athlete, you can open up a lot of doors, you know. Uh, with corporate sponsors, uh, brand partnerships, uh, different things like that. You know, if, if you're active, if you want to be proactive about that, um, see what's out in the community, whether it's your hometown, 
whether it's your college, whether it's whatever team you're currently playing for. Um, take advantage of the fans, take advantage of the corporate sponsors, take advantage of the, the staff and find ways or um, inroads of how you can kind of um, get your feet wet in whatever you may want to do. Yeah. So that's very important. And um, if you need any ideas, check out afugoathlete.com. You already know I got you. Plug right there, man. You already know. It was just set up. L set me up for it. Put the alley. Food dreams. <laughs> Yeah, it's all strategic around here. All right. There's also an update to that. So today, the MLSPA issued a statement on the proposal to the MLS, which would include an extension to the CBA in exchange for reducing the age restrictions on free agency by one year and more financial freedoms during free, during the free agency period. So what do you think about this, Amobi? I know you were talking about last week um, not to let them extend it past 2026, but this extension includes the 2026 season. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on, like, do you think they went out, went out to, went out like some suckers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm, oh, I saw, I, 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 that's the first thing I checked. I was like, all right, when's it, you know, expiring? I was like, ah, uh, anything after that, I didn't even really want to read it. But as long as they play soccer, because they're happy, so. Yep. All right. So let's jump into the next topic. Um, Nike's classic Air Max kits. So earlier in the season, Nike released some Air Max kits. Um, Labor like third kits based on uh, various Air Maxes that they had um, in the market at the moment. But now they re reissued some, and these are um, based on classic Air Max. Um, so they partnered with three Premier League teams to create these, these kits. It, these kits inspired by classic Air Maxes. So you got Chelsea, Tottenham, and Liverpool um, all got the Air Max treatment. And we're going to give our thoughts on those um, real quick. So we're going to use our little internal rating system that we have here, fire, meh, or trash, to give our thoughts on what we think of these um, these new Air Max kits that uh, Nike recently rolled out. So this one, we got Chelsea. This is based on the Air Max 180. Chim, I'll let you go first. What do you think, bro? You know what? I <clears throat> They're simple. Um, I like that design, man. Those are fire to me. I can't lie. Yeah, I think that's pretty. I think those are pretty far. Uh, I'll go, man. I'll go, man. Uh, I just, uh, I think I'm kind of biased right now because I'm off Chelsea. But uh, yeah, I'm going, uh, man. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say they're fire. Actually, actually, kind of feeling it's, it's simple. It's not too crazy like the um, like the other one that they had earlier this year, the third kit. That looks like a Captain America uniform. <laughs> so this one is a, a definite definite improvement on, on that one. So I'm feeling that one. I'll give it a fire. And now we got Tottenham and Air Max 95. Trash. Uh, yeah, trash. I mean, I think you can make it work it, depending on, like, I need to see it, like, with the shoes and see how you, like, style it. But for me right now, trash. The logo with the Nike and then the logo after it. It's like, nah, I'm not feeling that. Yeah, I'm going to agree with the Moby. Those are pretty trash to me. I'm not a fan of the, like how, it, I, don't, I don't like how that, the the Nike logo is centered above the Air Max. I feel like it should be in like a, a corner or something like that. Um, I, Yeah, I just don't like that whole layout, man. Pretty trash to me. Yeah, I'm going to give it a, a meh. Only because I like Air Max 95s and I like that particular OG colorway. Um, but I agree, the placement of the logos is kind of off. Since they have two of them, they could have just you know spread them out and put them in a normal place. And it's Tottenham. That's what I was <laughs> saying. I'm not rocking with Tottenham at all. No. <laughs> fair, fair. All right, last one we got is Liverpool. I think this is an Air Max 90. I'm not sure though. It may be an Air Max One. Um, Either either one. So I'm trying to think of this. I'm gonna go mid. Yeah, I'm gonna go mid. Like, um I, you know what? It, it is pretty hard. I'm not really a fan of the V-necks. You know what I mean? But the Nike Air logo is pretty fire to me. You know what I mean? It reminds me of like the uh just like them old Jordan threes a little bit. Because it reminds me of the cements, actually the whole the whole tone of the shoe or the whole tone of the um the whole co the colors of the of the jersey. So I'm gonna go mid. 
Yeah, I would say because um, the way Jordan Henderson's wearing like the sleeves under it had threw me off. But I would go fire um, if you could style it right. I think it, you know, it has that like that retro baseball look to it. Um, B neck is all right. Um, I like the logo separation and then the pinstripes. Yeah, I'll go fire. And I'm gonna go me. Uh, I like the color, the color combinations. I think the blocking is a little weird. So how I like ends on the shoulder, the gray ends on the shoulder, then black sleeve. It's just, it looks kind of funny to me. Maybe it's the oversized Nike logo that's throwing it off a little bit. Um, I think if that was a little smaller, it would probably look better. But other than that, I'm gonna give it a meh. So that's it for that. Um, now we can jump into another game. We've liked to play a lot of games on the show, as you can see. Uh, <laughs> this one is one of our favorite games it's called No Car, Yellow Car, Red Car. So this is a rapid fire segment of the show where I'll read off some uh, some news headlines and you and Amobi will kind of give it your give your opinion on those headlines or on the story, if you know it, um, based on the soccer car rating system. So no card, obviously, is I agree. I'm cool with it. Yellow card is I can go either way. And red card is I disagree or I'm not cool with that. Um, and also give like an explanation of why you gave that card. Okay. Cool. So let's jump right into it. Um, no card, yellow card, red card. Card box breaking app Loop raises three million in funding. So if you're not familiar with you know the trading whole trading card scene, um, card card box breaking is like the practice of opening up a box of cards, opening a pack, and seeing what cards you got in them. Yeah. Um, and so this app Loop is um, was built to kind of like allow people to live stream, so allow allow these card dealers to live stream breaking breaking packs open for people so you can jump on the stream you can go see what they have available use apple pay to buy a pack right there and then they'll open it live for you on the stream and then like you know sleep up the sleep up all the good cards you know and then they'll send all the cards to you at the end of the stream or like two days later or something like that so this app just um, raised three million in funding no card yeah i'll say no card i mean it's yeah, good hustle. Um, new phase right now. Everyone's into sports trading cards. Um, these yeah. people are trying to kind of build a business out of it. Yeah, yeah. No card, man. Like I think that's you know I'm not I'm not into trading cards, but for the people that are, that's a that's a lucrative business, man. I, I wish honestly I may have to start doing some research on that. Yeah, but, uh, you're the king of hustles, bro. <laughs> hustle, bro. That's tough. That's that's pretty that's pretty dope. Yeah, the flips on these is crazy. Like, for example, you you find a box of retail for like nineteen dollars, right? Mm-hmm. You could put that box on eBay for you know sixty, seventy dollars, even a hundred, hundred, two hundred dollars, based on you know the year that the box came from, yeah. who was on the cover. Like, you know, like if it's, if it got a Zion or John Morant rookie card in there, if there's a possibility that those rookie cards are in there, then the box can go for higher. It's crazy. The flip is crazy. Oh, that's yeah, that's tough, man. And it's sold cool. out everywhere, like. Like trying to buy, it's like trying to cop sneakers. They, people was camping out in like Walmarts and Target, <laughs> waiting for the next read up so they can grab all the boxes. That's crazy. The hustle is wild, bro. That's just an indicator of like where that market is going. Yeah. yeah. So let me jump into the next one. Uh, no car, yellow car, red car. Naomi Osaka joins the NC Courage ownership group. Um, no car. No car. Yeah, we definitely see. We'd love to see it. And obviously, Serena Williams is involved with uh, Angel uh, City FC. Uh, so, uh, for Naomi to join uh, join the ship uh, for North Carolina, uh, it's amazing to see. Um, does she, I wonder? Does she have any ties? Like, is she like? Does she live there, or is she just like a Corday is from there? I don't know if that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. No car. Like, love to see it. Yeah, no car, man. Could just that could be real huge, you know, for women's soccer and for you know women's athletes in general. For her to get into the business side of things, there, I know that can make a, a big impact on a lot of young women yeah, and more black women in, on the ownership side as well. Exactly. All right, next one. No car, yellow car, red card. Wall Street bets running the score up on highly shorted stocks. So I'm not sure. Um, you familiar with this? Are you familiar with it? Yep. 
but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about this. The red card. You know, just uh, you know, I was just talking. To, yeah, we were just talking about this yesterday, right? Yeah. Just a little bit, man. Just like, you know, what this whole like situation. Hold on, quick. My fault, y'all. It's my. But yeah, um, just the whole situation that you know went on with GameStop, AMC, Nokia, and all that. I was super happy yesterday with the AMC stuff. I got in like had a good price, and I seen what happened this morning, and I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding. Me. So record. Oh, they left you holding the bag, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, me. Uh, I would say I would say red card. You know, I try to make a couple of trades this morning. I get this information from Robinhood. Like, uh, uh, Robinhood does not support this. I'm like, wait, what? So, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch. I'm going to say yellow card because I feel like from that side, uh, obviously, it's wrong. But um, I think it's good in the same time because it's exposing people to investing. So, like, what, you're tra- what type of investing you're doing long-term versus day trading versus shorting versus, you know, options versus margin calls. And a lot of people didn't know they were just investing to invest. And like with this information coming out, now people are taking a more vested interest in what they invest in, how they invest and what's Wall Street's uh, stake in, you know, the, the moves that we make. Um, so it's got a lot of people talking about it. Obviously, you know, people have their opinions, but um, I'm, I'm gonna give it a yellow card. Okay. All right, last one. No card, yellow card, red card. Chelsea fires Frank Lampard and hires Thomas Tuchel. Uh, I'll take it first because I'm a Chelsea fan. I'll say yellow card. Uh, Lampard wasn't doing the job. Uh, he could have used more time, but definitely yellow card for the hiring of Tuchel. Uh, I think they're trying to, you know, obviously he's a good coach. Uh, I think, I don't, I'm not sure he's the right guy for Chelsea. Obviously with the German contingent of our new signings i think he could help with that from a you know cultural coaching philosophy standpoint but i hope i eat my words but for me yellow card. yeah i'm gonna say yellow card as well uh you know i'd like to see more obviously more of a chance but at the same time just you know seeing where chelsea's at on the table right now just you know we're not used to that <laughs> so, so yeah i'm an arsenal fan anyway but you know you too that's what's up yeah Sir. Yo, it's always two against one. <laughs> yes, sir. We on we on the way back up too. Don't even trip. Right. We're, we're, we're in ninth, ninth right now, right? Yeah, I think so. Chelsea's what in eighth? We're both oh. all we're both out of Champions League spots, so it doesn't oh. even matter. Oh, we we soaking y'all up on the table though. I didn't even realize <laughs> that. <laughs> all right, let's still, we still got time. Still got time. <laughs> yeah. All right, but that's it. That's it for the week, man. Yeah. So that's it. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you? So my IG is chimchilla92 at chimchilla92 C H I M C H I L L A 92. And as well as my beat store, it's on beatstars.com slash chimchilla beats. I upload a new beat every single week. And uh yeah, man, just stay tuned, man. There's some big things in store. Yeah, yeah. and we'll definitely be playing um, a couple of your beats on the show. So any music you hear in the show this week will be Chimchilla Beats. We'll have his link in the bio, um, so you can check out check out more of his work. Cop one, support a black man, support a black business. Appreciate that. I mean, no doubt. Y'all good, man. I'm a y'all need any other beats, man? Moby, you already know it's good, man. Just let me know and I'll slide them through. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we gave you guys the heads up. Now don't come in like a year from now talking about. Wait, is that dude that made the beat for Larry June? He was the one I. We gave you guys the heads up. So get in now. Now before these beats start running for 40 bands of beat. <laughs> and he already charging folks, so <laughs> oh okay, perfect. So yeah, that's it for the show. Um subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at two cents FC. Check out our merch at two cents.shop. As you can see, I'm rocking the two cents cap. It helps support the show as well. Uh, and tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or L to discuss. Once again, Chim, thank you so much for uh, taking time to get on the podcast. I will see you at our next pickup session. Or actually, I'll see you before that, but be yes, prepared. Sir. And yes, I'm going sir. to have I'm gonna have some highlights because this guy was talking mess. <laughs> We're going to have some proof. He, uh, he's <laughs> going to put out all my trash stuff and just... <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> nah, we got we gotta keep it real. Now we got we gotta keep it honest. You know, we got yeah, good. It's, it's better to be part of the two cent sports docu docu series uh, <laughs> at the library. So we gotta keep it honest. But thanks again. Uh, the only soccer show where you're getting unfiltered thoughts and opinions every Friday. Tap in with us, and we out. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all again, man. No doubt, man. Yes, sir. Thank you.